Welcome to The Compliance Files, brought to you by Compliance Institute. The Compliance Files is a unique podcast series, giving you access to industry insights and key perspectives on how the evolving regulatory landscape is driving change, bringing challenge and opportunity for compliance professionals everywhere. Hello and welcome to The Compliance Files podcast of The Compliance Institute. I'm Stephen Roberts, Vice Chair of the Compliance Institute's Data Protection and Information Security Working Group, and it's a great pleasure for me to host this podcast. On the 4th of June 2021, the European Commission published a decision in respect of a new set of modernised Standard Contractual Clauses, or EU SCCs, for compliance purposes with the EU General Data Protection Regulation. Taking into account the decision from the Court of Justice of the European Union, published on 16th of July 2020, in connection with the EU-US Privacy Shield and the old standard contractual clauses. From 27th December 2022, where you rely on standard contractual clauses as a transfer mechanism, the new SECs must be used. From this date, the original standard contractual clauses will no longer be an appropriate safeguard under Article 46 of the GDPR. In this episode of The Compliance Files, I am talking to Flavian Coralur, Senior Legal Counsel, Director and Data Protection Officer at SS&C Financial Services Ireland Limited and a member of the Compliance Institute's Data Protection and Information Security Working Group. We're going to talk on international data transfers and standard contractual clauses and what is required prior to the deadline of the 27th of December. Flavian will provide updates on his article in the summer edition of of the ICQ magazine and practical matters to consider. So thank you, Flavian, for talking to me today. Stephen, thank you for inviting me today to discuss the latest um, update on CCs. Flavian, we, we might start off and just look at from, from the perspective of our members, anyone listening to the podcast today, why is it so important to apply the new SCCs? So to answer your question, I would like to refer our members to the handbook that was published by the Working Group Compliance Institute um, just 10 days ago. And the handbook basically on data protection, and there's a specific chapter on data transfers. So as we have outlined in the data transfer chapter, the key point is that transfer of data outside the year is prohibited unless you have appropriate safeguards. Appropriate safeguards or unless you have perhaps an adequacy decision. Unfortunately, as of today, many countries such as the U.S., and India do not avail of an adequacy decision from the EU Commission. Hence, it is very important that our members and relevant companies, either SMEs or large global organizations, ensure that they have the latest SECs of June 2021 in place, particularly, as you said, Stephen, the forthcoming deadline of 27 December 2022. Uh, so very important indeed that the members can document having implemented those EOCCs of June 2021 before indeed the deadline of again 27 December 2022. Thank you, Flavian. And just to say as well, the article in, in ICQ magazine was an excellent resource as well, in addition to the, to the handbook uh, that, that you mentioned. Um, I guess from our listeners' perspective, you know, what advice could you give them or how do you ensure that you comply with the new SECs and perhaps you could outline some of the key implementation steps that that businesses should take. Sure. Um, I suppose, you know, I would go to the, to the basics. So let's go back to the basics and back to basics means really refresh your data mapping. 
And I think that it is very important to complete a data mapping simply because one of the obligations under the new EUCCs is that the parties to the CCs, being both the exporter and importer, need to work together with a view to document the risk in relation to the laws and practices of the third country where the data may be transferred to and or processed. So refreshing the data mapping uh, would allow then the members to identify the type of data being processed, the countries where that data might be transferred to. For instance, if a member company basically use a vendor or um, delegate and that delegate in turns, you know, kind of delegates to um, another provider in India or in the US or um, China, um, that is very important. If the Irish-based company equally use the services of another company based outside the year, again, it will be very important for the Irish-based company to understand the laws and practice of that third country. So step number one, definitely data mapping to be refreshed, to understand the data flow and, and part of the assessment of the laws and the practice of the third country then, obviously, you know, what controls are in place, particularly in light of the latest ADPB guidance on the additional security measures that the companies have to put in place uh, to ensure that there is no potential access from uh, public authority, particularly those in the intelligence sphere, if you like. Step number two, obviously, time is counting. So, you know, we're talking about, you know, maybe four or five weeks left before you end. And I think that, you know, I would definitely try to focus or prioritize the higher risk of data transfer, particularly if they are related to health or sensitive data. And particularly, you know, if you have, for instance, processing of, let's say, um, anti-money laundering activities, you know, processed by delegates outside the year, again, that would be one of the focus. Uh, so prioritize really those high-risk type of data transfers because of the five weeks left. And, and again, you know, signing the SECs is not sufficient in itself. You know, as I said, you know, the parties to the SECs have to complete some risk assessment or TRA, transfer impact assessment, if like, again, of the laws and practice of the country. And to understand to what extent the uh, local public authority may or may not access the company's EU-based individual personal data. The other step, thirdly, would be obviously to refresh the privacy notice on your website. Because again, there are some obligations under the new ECCs to ensure that the data subject may, may be given the information necessary to allow them to seek a copy of those SECs as need be. Um, obviously, DDP has clarified some guidance that the parties may uh, redact any confidential data, if you like, that may be part of those SECs, but may be able to provide kind of a summary, if you like, outlining what the TIA or uh, transfer is about. Now, what is important as well is part of the process is to ensure that you and know your vendor uses the correct UCCs, uh, being those of June 2021. Okay. Um, obviously, before that, you know, you had the old SECs under the old EU regime. 
-hmm. But as you said, Stephen, indeed, and the old SECs are no longer lawful to use. Uh, and particularly if you have kind of a, you know, UK-based affiliate that won't use the SECs, you know, I would strongly recommend to ensure that, that your affiliate based in the UK or that your vendor based in the UK uses the EUCCs of June 2021 and not the old CCs. And very important that, that, that the members use the correct uh, version of the CCs. And I suppose, you know, m make sure obviously that the, uh, you know, relevant stakeholders in the company um, are engaged, not only the DPO, but also the InfoSec team and HR and, and the relevant business stakeholders, because again, depending on the type of data, if it is employee data, then obviously the HR function should have been engaged. If it is customers data, obviously the business needs to be engaged to ensure that all parties, all stakeholders implement the key uh, measures to protect uh, the data, ideally avoid email, use email, you know, if you want to share data then see if you can have some uh, online secured platform which can be accessed by your clients customers and uh, so there are quite a few steps but those will be the, the the main one take into account the timeline Stephen. yeah no that that's that's very interesting thanks for that flavian and i i think you know you, you pointed out mapping flows that are at the existing data flows and also the high risk areas and a lot of a lot of this comes down to i guess we had we had graham doyle the deputy commissioner on on the podcast recently and he was talking about the importance for businesses of knowing their data and an awful lot of it really does come back to that doesn't it in, in particularly when you look at the timelines that we're, we're now talking about as you mentioned maybe five weeks out so no I, I think that's very very helpful in terms of you know uh, a back to basics approach and looking at the the kind of granular steps that listeners listeners and their businesses today can can take can take away from this podcast and what issues do you think people are facing at this stage Flavian I mean you mentioned time I think I think it really has kind of crept up on people hasn't it Yes, indeed. And and again, you know, you know, I, I can see even in the phones business, even the software business, we can see, you know, now um, clients starting to realize of the um, 27, 27 December deadline. And you can see, you know, you can see that companies tend to adopt different approaches. Either they seek to, uh, you know, have the full EUCCs signed, or the adoption is this simply to have kind of a uh, side letter, basically, person to which the companies being the data exporter and importer basically simply agree to incorporate to the original contract, basically the original commercial contract between the parties, the UCCs, and they simply agree on the writing for like kind of, uh, you know, what options apply, don't apply, because again, to take a step back again, Stephen, the UCCs of June 21 have this kind of a modular approach. So you have four modules again to recap, as I said in my recent articles, you have the controller to controller module, you have the controller to processor module, processor to controller module, and processor to processor module. So depending on the type of modules, then the parties select, apply, or disapply certain provisions. So obviously there's a bit of thinking behind it. Like for instance, a specific clause is about delegation. So uh, whether the exporter wishes to require prior written consent for every single delegation, option one, option two, whether they give some kind of a general authorization to the data importer to delegate subject to the data importer making aware the data exporter 
of any changes subject to let's say 30 days notice if like um okay, okay. so so time is uh, is of the issue indeed and and again i suppose you know going back to the tia you mentioned Stephen, i think that personally i believe that the tia is a live document and you cannot take the view that once you have completed the tia or the transfer in practicement it is done if you like job done no 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 okay. Uh, because again, the laws and practice may be assessed. And as we know, from a privacy perspective, uh, we can see very, very fast evolving suites of changes in local data production uh, regimes. So it's very important to track any changes that you may see in those third countries data production regimes, even on a monthly basis, even, even I would say, to ensure that you can indeed track any changes which may potentially result in the company having to revisit or tailor the security measures and controls necessary to transfer data or to be able to continue transferring data to that third country. Okay, okay, very interesting. And Flavian, just as a follow-on from that, I mean, do you think, does that create a greater challenge for SMEs um, with more limited resources versus maybe multinationals that might be able to call on compliance and legal teams and uh, and, and and various uh, kind of in-house expertise. Do you have a, any sense around that? Yes, no, absolutely. Obviously, SMEs have the challenge of having less resources or teams with lesser number of privacy experts. So uh, to that, I would say a couple of things. First, what is very interesting is that the EU Commission published some kind of FAQ uh, a few months ago, which I again uh, mentioned in my article. And that FAQ basically is in relation to the EUCCs of June 21, and there's about 44 questions addressed. So I would definitely invite the DPOs acting search in SMEs mm-hmm. to review the document because I would expect that it might answer most of the questions they may have. For instance, can you sign the ECCs as a standalone document or can you link it to the commercial contract? Obviously, my response personally is that I would link the ECCs to the commercial contract because, again, any data transfer is linked to some services or commercial arrangement between two parties. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, whether or not you can, you know, negotiate uh, DCCs, the answer is no. Saying that you can obviously amend or update the annexes to DCCs to reflect the security measures, for instance, or to reflect uh, additional transfers. I, th- I think, you know, you can see there are some very useful publications from various law firms on those SECs. And equally, you know, I would definitely keep an eye, as I mentioned, in respect of any changes in, you know, data transfers, let's say, between the EU and the US. Uh, because again, uh, as we know, the President Biden basically issued the executive order a few weeks ago, uh, which basically will be assessed by the EU Commission with a view to determine whether or not we may see uh, some kind of uh, privacy shield number three, if you like, which would then allow, again, the transfer of data. But again, you know, more likely, you know, we can already foresee Maximilian Schrems having already some issued some commentary notes on whether or not he believes personally that the new transfer arrangement between the US and you might or might not work indeed. Okay, no, that's that is interesting. And and I guess going back to your point, Flavian, at the outset about you know the time being a key factor, it's not really feasible for businesses to 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 be waiting to to see what other developments are going to happen either in from a, a UK perspective 
or with regard to that EU-US privacy framework. They, they really do have to, to press ahead, given that there's five to six weeks before before we hit the deadline of the 27th of December. I presume, I presume that's fair. Uh, at this stage, action is needed and required. Absolutely, indeed. I think now I would say that time is of the essence. Yeah. And I think that, 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 again, you know, I would strongly recommend our members, DPOs, not, uh, not to act in a kind of lonely capacity, but really mm. to engage uh, with uh, all the stakeholders. That's very important indeed. You know, otherwise it might see, might be seen as kind of a mission impossible, if you like, <laughs> which it shouldn't. <laughs> uh, so, so it's very important that, that stakeholders, particularly functions that may be engaged or responsible for data, for instance, you know, the businesses, yeah. the, um, you know, HR function, the um, InfoSec function, the businesses and so on are engaged. And again, I think, Stephen, you mentioned the UK. So yeah. the good news that the UK you know, earlier this year in March 2022, published two documents. Firstly, the UK Adamda, which is a very short, concise, six pages, more or less, uh, document, which basically is can be added to the USCCs as kind of a supplementing the USCCs, subjects and changes from EU to UK laws and so on. Mm. And then as well, the uh, separate kind of uh, IDT, which basically is some kind of uh, international transfer agreement, which basically is much more lengthier than the USCCs, which is standalone document okay. on right. But again, in practice, and again, even personally, I would still recommend to use the uh, UK and MDERM to the USCCs, because if you do that, then most of the work bulk is done, if you like. You know, you've already done yeah. your annexes on describing the transfer, the of data being processed, the security measures, and your know, UKNDM is simply added as a block to your current structure being the UCCs and partly taking into account the timeline. I think that makes good sense, Flavian. Now, there's some excellent advice there for, for our members and for, for listeners to the podcast. Could you maybe, as a next step, could you outline a roadmap for members? Sure, Stephen, thank you again. So suppose that starting for the roadmap, again, understand your data data flow, data mapping. And again, I'll take the view that the data, data mapping you know, has to be refreshed, um, you know, on a regular basis, at least annually, or whenever there's a change in privacy regimes, or whenever there is um, a new set of transfer mechanisms, such as DUC. So do understand your data, data flow, data mapping, number one. Number two, do identify your clients and particularly your vendors. Make sure that you have a list of vendors and and, and, and clients, make sure that respect to any clients and or vendors, particularly vendors that are outside DA, that you engage with them at the soonest and give them a deadline to respond in respect of the ECCs slash you can end them uh, that you need to put in place before you end. Thirdly, ensure that you refresh your privacy notice uh, to reflect or to address the obligations set out on the ECCs. Fourth one, in no specific order, make sure that you identify the high risk of data transfers, if you like, partly take into account the timeline. So only five weeks left, pretty much. So I would personally focus or prioritize the high risk data transfers, if you like. And lastly, you know, uh, make sure that you engage all stakeholders without forgetting, obviously, um, you know, ensure that you have some weekly meetings to ensure that all SECs, TIAs and internal controls updates are reviewed and checked, partly taking into account the timeline that we're talking about indeed. Uh, I'm just reflecting on what you said earlier in the podcast as well, Flavian. It's very much a an organization-wide activity, isn't it, at this stage? You know, it's um it's it's it, it's it's not just the 
the DPO team, the com the compliance team, the legal team. It's very much the whole organization working towards this 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 deadline. Absolutely. And again, you know, you know, particularly for SMEs, as you mentioned, Stephen, the challenge is resources. So again, yes. you know, I would invite our members to perhaps, you know, uh, review the data portion and book that was published by the Compliance Institute uh, recently. Uh, there is a specific chapter on that with references to certain recommendations, publications published at the EU level, LDPB and so on. You can see that certain law firms have published some very useful um, documents. And again, as I've mentioned, the EU Commission published some very useful SECs, FAQ, uh, which again, I um, listed in my recent article indeed. Great. Thanks for that, Flavian. So look, we're getting towards the end of the podcast. Um, I, I had one final question for you. What would be your top three tips to implement the new SECs ahead of ahead of the deadline? I mean, we've covered a lot of areas, but if we had to just distill it down to to three tips or three steps that that businesses should take, what would be your advice for listeners? Sure. First advice would be act now. Okay. Don't wait. I know that we have, as anybody. Every company has some clients deadline, but I think tip number one, act now. Don't wait for Christmas week because it will be too late. Tip number two, the UCCs in themselves, having them signed is not sufficient. Act now also on the TIAs, privacy notice. And thirdly, particularly for SMEs, do not act in a lonely, but, you know, make sure that you engage, you have the support necessary to allow the companies to ensure compliance with those SECs before you end. Uh, make sure that that you get the support that all stakeholders are engaged in the end. So those would be the three tips, Stephen. Thanks. I believe. And, and, and I think, you know, you, you've rightly noted that this is landing in what is traditionally very much a holiday period for many for many listeners, that, that kind of Christmas break that a lot of businesses take. So you're 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 completely right. Acting now uh, to avoid maybe an, an unwelcome Christmas present for the new year if 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 that deadline of the 27th December isn't met. Thank you for, for that. So look, just on, on behalf of, of our listeners uh, and our members, I'd just like to say again thank you to Flavian uh, for sharing his expertise on this topic. Uh, thanks to you for listening to the Compliance Files podcast brought to you by the Compliance Institute. I do hope that you found the podcast interesting and useful, and we would be very grateful if you would review or rate this podcast. So until the next episode, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Compliance Files. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you are listening to ensure you don't miss out on future episodes.